0: Welcome to episode 60 of RSVP, the podcast about stationary and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and today my co-host is Dade. Tonight we're talking about stationary travel, but first let's talk about what we're consuming. Dade, what are you consuming?
1: Um, I'm just drinking water. Uh, It's very humid here and very hot. And since I cannot have the air conditioning on while I record, um, I'm sweating. So, uh, plus I'm just trying to drink more water (laughs) in general, so any excuse to drink water is a good one. Um, I'm writing in an M memo notebook, little flip notebook by Maromon, um, with a neon case mate. So those are two of my favorite things to use. So, um, I really haven't been consuming that much in, in terms of media. Uh, I'm getting ready for my surgery, which is in, well, as a podcast release, it's in exactly two weeks. Uh, September fourth. So, I'm trying to really just get my mind in a place where I'm as relaxed as possible, but also cleaning up my living space. Um I'm the type of person that saves things for no reason, so I'm surrounded by stuff. So, I decided to put my foot down and Marie Kondo my 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 stuff. Uh, so, in my bedroom alone, I was able to fill up two. Garbage bags full of either like donate or sell shoes or clothes. Like it amazed me how much stuff I had that I hadn't worn in years, you know, and it just feels so good to get my space clean. Um, I worked on my office today. That's a trip. <laughs> um, I have so much stuff to donate to my local school. I probably will be donating several gross. Pen- how do you how do you pluralize gross grosses <laughs> um
0: i don't i think it's just gross several gross
1: several gross pencils i mean i'm getting rid of like i don't know what i was thinking like i i just have stuff everywhere like i've cleaned my office before but it's mainly just cleaning the surfaces that i see um now i'm going through stuff so i have like one of those you know six cube little like bookshelf things or nine cube bookshelf things and some of the cubes have those little fabric pull-out drawers. And so I'm cleaning those pull-out drawers. And there are packs of Ticonderogas. There are packs of random pencils. Like, just stuff that I will never, ever, ever use. Like, I don't know why I have it. Um, a bunch of pens that I will never use. So I'm putting together a whole box of stuff, and I'm going to donate it to my local high school. Because I don't need it, and it's just taking up space. So... It feels really good. It, it's very freeing. I don't know if you've ever deep cleaned like that, like done a lot of purging.
0: I have been doing that in our basement. I think I talked to you about it offline the last time we recorded, so I don't think it was in the recording. But I've been, I've had this thing where I want to use some of our basement in a in a more productive manner, and uh, because it's my obsession, fermentation. But I also want to put in some um, hydroponic and um, um, like light grow light racks in You're the basement. Grow some weed? No, I, you know, I could though. I can, what is it? Six plants per adult in your yeah, in your so you home. could have 12
1: plants. Anyhow, um, we digress quickly.
0: The thing about that is that I'm highly allergic. So if I, I wouldn't be able to use the basement to, if I were to grow it, because once the pollen started, uh, my eyes would swell shut. So, That's
1: horrible. Whoa. We are, we already and know I, what that feels like for you.
0: Indeed, we do. It's, uh, I, I don't want to have my garden kill me again. Um, so I've been going, doing this thing where I've been going through boxes of things and basically saying, this has been here for 13 years. I can donate this, or this has been here for 13 years and it's been in the basement for 13 years and it's just, it's being recycled or thrown in the trash. So it was like I did, our house came with these really nice storage built in shelves down in the basement
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I cleaned out one, like six foot wide section of them. And it was a really great feeling to get that cleaned out and organized a bit. So I know what's there and I can put my hands on something really, really fast. So it's an awesome feeling. And now I just need to do that with my upstairs office, living room and
1: kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's ultimately freeing. Like I just, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, like, I need to be much more intentional with my purchases just because mm-hmm. also money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, I I need to be very aware, especially going into grad school and not being able to work for two years or two and a half years is going to be a challenge. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just being able to, <clears throat> you know, purge things and and sell things. I mean, since I got my Kindle, I'm getting rid of all of my paper books except for academic stuff and psychology stuff. So, you know, like I had a lot of fantasy sci-fi books that are out of print that I could very easily sell. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's just, I feel like I'm moving into a more intentional way of living. And I think that it's something I've needed to do for myself for a very long time. And like my therapist suggested, um, While transitioning, a lot of times other parts of your life will feel like they're in transition, and it might be a good opportunity to kind of assess everything. Um, Mm -hmm. So here I am assessing everything and purging everything. So, um,
0: Those books that you're saving, the psych books from your undergrad?
1: Oh, those I got rid of.
0: Yeah, you never. You would like, and a lot. The only thing that's not true. I was gonna say the only thing that I use for my graduate work is my DSM, but I have a couple of um, like group idea books that I use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. The, the majority of your stuff you're never gonna touch again. It looks nice on a shelf.
1: Right. Um no I have some books like the only academic books I actually so- saved from from co- from undergrad I took a book on counseling theory mm-hmm. um that's something that like will never it, it'll change but the core of it will never change yeah. um and I I have this book on consciousness which is really interesting um it's kind of part philosophy part psychology i saved that. But other than that, I got rid of everything. As far as psych books are concerned, it's a lot of like, uh, Yalom stuff, the foundational stuff like Bulby's, you know, theories of attachment, um, you know, stuff like that, like the quote unquote classics.
0: Yeah. You'll use that in your graduate work as like primary source material. Right. That that's where it'll be handy. And then again, it'll look (laughs) nice on (laughs) your your shelf shelf. when you have an office. Right.
1: Right. Um, (laughs) And uh, what else did I come across today? I don't know. I went on this phase of like buying up a bunch of like used psychology books. Like they were like 50 cents at like some some uh, used bookstore around me. And it's like really hilarious, like old theor- theoretical stuff that is completely inappropriate and wrong now. But it's, it's more of like a conversation piece um but i'm getting rid of those cuz they're garbage um and i'm going to read my apa manual because they're coming out with a new one because that's how they do things fun. they're they're gonna i think it's probably in the next 6 or so months it'll be fun for me at the writing center they finally got rid of the double space after a period which is <laughs> nice uh so anyhow i digress a lot uh the other thing that i've been doing is I've been preparing for the release of classic World of Warcraft. Uh, real quick, um, for those of you that are uninit—you know, uninitiated in the world of Warcraft, um, about halfway through the life cycle of World of Warcraft, they completely changed the game to the sense where you couldn't go back and play the game as it was when it was released in 2004-2005. It was was a storyline thing. Basically, the world kind of ended, in a sense, and all old stuff was destroyed. Well, a lot of people were really upset about that, because like most, you know, gaming communities, some people want to, you know, relive, you know, their original memories. So World of Warcraft and Blizzard actually decided to release World of Warcraft Classic, which basically re-releases the game as it was released back in 2004-2005 so it's going to be really fun for me because that's when I started playing the game so anyhow I've just been getting ready for that um, that's why I clean my office too because I'll be spending a lot of time in there mm. So, but that's really it for me like I said I've just been busy cleaning and and trying to relax so what about you Les?
0: like you um, it has been brutally hot here when I got out of work I was expecting to get hit with this like wave of humidity um, but where I work, if anyone follows me on Instagram, it's on the water. And I was hit with this gorgeous ocean breeze that smelled like the ocean. And it was cool coming off the ocean. Um So it has actually cooled down here a lot. But my house is still pretty warm. So lots of water. And I have the AC turned off in the office because that's all you hear is this... Eah. Uh, fan noise as we record if I had it on. So I can feel it slowly warming up in here. Um, but I did just have, so I've been, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a a tangent for fermentation. I fermented sort of like yogurt, um, oatmeal because oatmeal really upsets my stomach. I, I love oatmeal, but in recent years something's happened and I haven't been able to eat it without. Um, stomach pain. So I fermented some and I'm able to tolerate oatmeal again. And it tastes like if you took oatmeal and mixed it with yogurt, that's exactly what it tasted like. So I thought it was pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. And at the farmer's market, I got to try black garlic, which It's all, all the foodie blogs and all the foodie YouTube channels, all the foodies that I know are like, have you tried black garlic yet? It's really delicious. And it is just as magical as everyone says it is. It's like you take and turn the garlic into something that's caramelized and sweet. So like think roasted garlic, but better. Like there's not, it's not like wet. It sort of dries out and it's kind of buttery and sweet and almost cheesy in its texture, and it just sort of melts in your mouth. It's amazing. So I'm I'm gonna be making some of that soon. So I'm very excited about how tasty it was. But um so yeah, where was I? I went off on a tangent about fermentation. Is anyone surprised? Probably not. Um And right now I'm reading a lot of information about gardening for small plots or small locations. So like apartment gardening using... And I have a yard, but it's it's pretty small. And, you know, I'm always jealous of my family's amount of space because they have like acres and acres and acres of stuff that you can just till up and put in a garden if they want. But... I don't. I have a tiny little postage stamp here in Massachusetts and it's the um, the soil in my yard is terrible. The, um, the woman who owned the place before us had been a gardener and, and an organic gardener and spent years building up the soil in the yard And when she was sick, she had a landscaping company come in and grade the yard for drainage because it was, uh, apparently it used to drain into the basement and now it never does. But they took all of that really nice loam and topsoil that she'd built up over the years and scraped it down. And basically I have a a very thin layer, like two or three inches of topsoil and that's on top of sand and gravel. So I have great drainage. My basement never floods, and then if my yard does get wet, it drains down onto. Um, I have this little walkway. I have this um, cement path. It drains onto the cement path, and then goes down my driveway. It's great for that, but it's just it, I, if I plant anything, every I don't have any water retention at all. It just drains right out of it. So anyway, um, enough about gardening and fermentation. I am writing on my junk legal pad because I still can't find my podcasting notebook. I probably put it in a box and put it away somewhere. And I picked up a package of, I think it's 12, let me grab the box here. Yeah, 12 uh, number two wood pencils. They're the Pen and Gear brand. They are in a plastic container from Walmart and they are made in India. Um, and they're just as good as the old casemates, but these were all black except the fer- ferrule is, um, a kind of coppery gold brass color with a black eraser, which actually works pretty well compared to the old pen and gear in Hindustan erasers. Um, and it's a little thicker than what I usually associate with the pen and gear pencils in the past. It has a nice, nice, um, thick wooden body, and the um, lacquer is nice and shiny, um, no runs that I see in my package, and the pencils are sort of centered. I'll be writing a full review when I get a moment here. And so um, unless you've got anything else about what you're excited about and what you're consuming, I think it's about time for the main topic. What do you think?
1: Sounds good to me.
0: So our main topic is stationary and travel the gear you take with you when you go places that are vacation-like or not just in your usual routine of like going to the cafe or working out and about and I got onto this thought pattern or this idea because so I recently went up to Maine to visit my family and it was not quite a vacation because I'd recently been sick. I blew through a lot of my vacation time, so I only was able to go up for uh, an extended weekend, if you will. And normally when I go up to Maine for a full week and it's more of a vacation, we're going to go to the camp on the lake or maybe spend some time down on the river, maybe go kayaking, um, spend some time around the fire pit. Normally, when I do that, I plan things out in advance, and I take a very select group of stationery with me. Usually there's a journal, my pocket notebook, an assortment of different pens and pencils for sketching and making art, usually a watercolor set or two um plus the brushes that go along with that. So I usually have a lot of stationery that I take with me. And this time around, I knew I was only going to be up there for three full days, um, and then I'd be doing my traveling at night, or that was the plan. Um, and I ended up throwing into my bag my uh, bullet journal. I kept my pocket notebook in the leather knock by one star fodder stack with the um, pen addict by spoke pen and my um, metal shop CT bullet pencil. I have the original twist, not the timber twist. And so I then threw a pen and gear with a cap on it into my bag and, and I threw a bic four color, actually the bic four color that Johnny gave me into my bag, and that's it. That's all I took for stationery. I didn't. I, I might have had. Actually, now that I think about it, I probably had some three by five cards in my in my back bag and backpack. But really, I didn't. Usually, I take so much more, and it was really strange to not take as much with me because usually it's so planned out, um, and it felt. Oddly liberating to do that. Um, and I found that I used my journal and my pocket notebook as I normally would. Um, and I didn't, I didn't make any art, um, which was a downsize. So I got, I didn't actually include, normally I'd have several sketchbooks and I didn't actually include a sketchbook in my, my, my backpack. I didn't, and which is an unusual thing for me. Normally I would take a sketchbook with me. Um, so yeah, um, it was oddly liberating. Like I said previously, it was, it felt good to only take a few things with me. What about you, Dade? What are things that you take with you when you go, um, vacationing or vacation adjacent while you travel?
1: Um, I think for me, it depends where I'm going. Um, you know, at first, like, I used to just take the same amount of stuff everywhere I went. So, for example, if I were going on a one-week vacation somewhere, I would take the same amount of stuff as if I was going away for the weekend. And I began to realize that probably 50% of what I brought with me was not even utilized. I'm one of those people that is very much a what-if-I-need-it-I-might-as-well-bring-it kind of person. And that's great and all, but like... It's so much extra stuff, especially if you're flying somewhere. Um, that just adds a whole other level of complication to things. So I have a few things that I bring with me all the time, no matter where I'm going. And then I have some things depending on how long I'm going away and how far I'm going away. So the stuff that I bring with me um, all the time, uh, I think the first thing that I always bring is my, my one favorite pencil case, which is full of whatever current pencils that I'm using, erasers and sharpeners and stuff. And that's the, um, CW pencil, Viking leather pencil case. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so broken in now. And it's, it's, it's form factor is, is nice that I can even shove it like in my pocket and it's not too bulky. It fits black wings beautifully. So that always goes with me no matter where I go. Um, I also uh, bring whatever pocket notebook that I happen to be using lately. I've been using your notebooks less just cause I have so many of them. So <laughs> trying to work my, like, like I appreciate your work, but I don't need any ever again <laughs> until I'm done. I, I, I can't cause purging my office. I, 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 have over 30 of them. Uh, so I, uh, I usually bring a no brand notebook with me. Um, and I bring a second pocket notebook with me because sometimes if I'm going on vacation, I like to journal and that will become my vacation journal uh, pocket notebook because this way, if I want to, you know, jot down memories or, or, you know, sometimes I shove receipts. Like if, like, I remember one time Gina and I went to Boston, this was years ago before I lived up here and we went out to the most expensive dinner we've ever had in our entire lives. Just for the two of us, we each got one beer steak and some sides. And it was like $130. Um, yeah, it was so good though. It was the steakhouse called bonfire. It was in the hotel that we were staying at the Boston intercontinental. Uh, that's when we had a lot of money, but anyhow, (laughs) we won't remember those times. (laughs) So it was before 2009 happened. um, but it was like an experience. So like we saved the receipt and like we put it in like a little scrapbook. So like sometimes when I go on vacation, like if we go on like, um, you know, like a, a ferry ride or, you know, a scenic train ride, like you inevitably get a ticket for that. And so I like to save that. And, and so a little pocket notebook is kind of perfect because it's something that I can bring with me, um, while I'm participating in the activity because, if I depend on myself journaling at the end of the day, that's not going to happen, especially on vacation, because you're so tired. You don't want to sit down and write a paragraph after being out all day. So it allows me to, to be in the moment and also jot my thoughts and feelings down in the moment. So two pocket notebooks, definitely. Um, and as far as the other like non-negotiable thing um, that I always take with me, um, I would have to say would be my backpack, which is interesting because you'd think if I'm going away for the weekend, I wouldn't need a backpack, but it just, it solves a lot of issues. Um, so obviously if I'm going on a week long vacation or two week vacation, it, it's perfect. But if I'm going away for the weekend, usually it's New Jersey. And when I go to New Jersey, usually that involves me going to New York and having a backpack in New York is just so much easier than having to carry bags. Um, it's also a way for me to limit my purchasing when I go to the city because I tell myself if it doesn't fit in the backpack, it's not coming home with me. Um, so this way I just can carry it on my back. My hands are free to do whatever it is that I need to do. And I'm not just, I don't know if you can relate, but do you ever go to like a city and like you, you go shopping and then you have a handful of bags and it's just uncomfortable and you're carrying stuff everywhere you go. And it just, by the end of the day, you're just over it. Um, so having the bag, you know, is always nice. And it's just a, it's, it's a North Face backpack that I bought, um, when I first started college. And it's been the most durable, great thing that I've, I've had. And I don't know. I'm just so used to it. I don't want to part with it. So, um, but, but getting into the, what do I take on a week long vacation as opposed to a weekend away? Um, week long vacations, I tend to try to bring things that, um, you know, I'm gonna have more time to use. So, I throw in a pencil case that I have that's full of colored pencils, um, and I throw in just random coloring book that I have. Um, I also throw in some st- stationery, like actual writing stationery, not like general stationery. <laughs> so, like cards and envelopes that I can send people letters if I'm away, um, or postcards even, um, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I also take like a uh, envelopes and stamps with with like some paper to write on because I, I don't know. There's something about going on vacation that makes me want to write letters.
1: Yeah, like especially if you're at a place that's like I don't know, like really interesting and you know unique. Like I like when we went to um, Florida two years ago. We went to some places that had really cool postcards and it's like wow i want to buy this postcard and send it to somebody like i don't know i i feel like it's just part of like when i was growing up my mom always made me write postcards to my friends and i used to hate it at the time but i totally get it now like it's just a fun way to share your vacation with somebody so um so i do that um what else do i take with me um I don't know. It depends. I, like I said, I, I've, over the years I've tried to, to not bring as much stuff. Um, I bring many more pocket notebooks than just two. I don't know why that's my one is my one like indulgence, I guess. Um, I also bring extra things with me in general to places because I like to give people stationery. So like when I went to visit uh, my aunt who lives in Florida, she's an artist and She obviously knows all about colored pencils, but as far as pencils for writing, I mean, she doesn't do that much. So I brought her a bunch of cool pencils that I thought she should try. Um, I gave her some like notebooks and stuff. So I always like to have an extra stock of things to give people, Um, you know, mainly family members or friends. So Um, for weekends away, I don't bring anything extra other than my essentials. So that's an easy answer to that question. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't really, I, maybe I should vacation more. <laughs> then I'd have more to add. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, a lot of times when I go on vacations too, it's uh, a point of contention. Uh, Gina is a very, um, itinerary based individual. That's mm-hmm. a very diplomatic way for me to say that. Um, so, My days are are usually filled up with like, oh, we want to go see this. We want to go see that. So I don't really have time on vacation. So then I need a vacation for my vacation. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, I usually plan our time away that we come back um, usually the Saturday before I have to go back to work so that I have that Sunday off as a little buffer. It lets me do my laundry and get stuff taken care of before I actually have to go back to work. Um, and it, it always feels very relaxing. Um, so anyway, I always, I always try and pack that in there. It gives me a little reflective time.
1: Yes. Time away. Hmm.
0: Of course, that didn't work out for me this past time, but, um, for anyone who doesn't follow my Twitter, my, um, I, in an attempt to repair my car, I broke it further.
1: So, I, I don't follow your Twitter. No? No. Okay. Uh, I just knew your wipers broke and your dad fixed them.
0: Yeah, well, okay, so what ended up happening was um, one of our wipers worked and the other wiper did not. And the only explanation we had from the previous, we bought the car knowing that the wiper on the passenger side was stripped. So um, we were like, oh, okay, that should be pretty easy but it's a volkswagen so the part itself is 50 something dollars and when i was talking to my dad he's like oh you know that's actually a really easy fix here's how you do it so i proceeded to attempt first off to find the tools and um again if you follow my twitter you know that i don't put any of my tools away and that is a trait i inherited from my father and that my father's uh, trait of not putting away his tools also means that he takes my mom's tools. So one year for, I think it was Christmas or her birthday, my mom asked for a toolkit. So we bought her a really nice toolkit and a little, um, canvas satchel and it had a whole assortment of tools, you know, like socket wrench with a whole assortment of sockets. Uh, various screwdrivers, every size screwdriver you could ever want, uh, a hammer. And we've, over the years, given her various and assorted tools to go into her toolkit, which she loves. However, my because none of the tools are at their house, except for my mom's toolkit, my father will take my mom's tools, use them, And then not return them to the toolkit. So I was working on the car with my mom's toolkit and I had a wrench and a socket, but not a socket wrench. So I, I fixed or thought I fixed the, um, wiper blades and they were working. And then, um, I gave them one last, you know, wrench down to make sure they were perfectly tight because the last thing I wanted was the, um, windshield wipers to stop working on the highway as we were about to drive into a rainstorm and lo and behold, they did not work. So like, and nothing I did could make them work. And I was working, I like trying to take them apart. And then because the wipers, the driver's side wiper had never been removed. Um, it, had, it was frozen in place and needed a special tool to remove it or some gentle hammering, um, and I didn't have the proper equipment to do that. I had to drive from my mom's house, which is two and a half miles away from the farm up to the farm, um, with my head out the driver's side window because it was misting just enough that I could not see out the window And because they live out in the middle of the woods, there's no cops around and no one on the road. So we drove the two and a half miles up to the farmhouse, parked the car, popped the hood, and then proceeded to not know how to get into the garage and had to ask my father for help on how to get into the garage. And he just stopped everything and helped me fix the car. We had to basically take the whole windshield wiper assembly apart. It turned out that Probably in the previous repairs, someone had um, bent a part on the inside of the assembly and we took it apart, put it back together and it works perfectly and beautifully now. So anyway, um, and then because that took many hours, I was very exhausted. Um, I just didn't want to drive back. I knew I would if I wasn't I wouldn't have gotten home until like midnight and i was exhausted and i was afraid i would fall asleep on the highway um and that is my tale of when i screw things up because i don't have the proper tools if i just had the right socket wrench i would not have well actually it probably would have screwed it up because the part was uh, the part on the inside was already bent and it probably would have stopped working on the highway which is a terrifying thought to me um which brings me to a piece of gear that I always suggest and used to have that everyone should have in their car, which is one of those generic tool sets that you can buy at Lowe's or home, home despot. Um, you know, you zipper up case with like a variety of sockets and a wrench and pliers and needle nose pliers, electrical tape, all of that stuff goes into one little kit that you can throw in your trunk and have it there always. Um, Mine, I think, got stolen out of my old car. Um, so anyway, in addition to stationary, you should make sure that you have a generic toolkit in the back of your car so that you have the tools that you need to fix things like your windshield wipers.
1: Yeah, no, um, we always have we have one of those little tool, toolkits in Gina's car because we had run into a situation where some, her mirror actually fell off of her windshield. Um, like it was so bizarre my car is a 2006 my mirror has never fallen down um gina's car is a 2013 and it was like last summer it was really hot she came out from like shopping and the mirror was just hanging there
0: yeah that ap- um that happens when the mirror is like glued in a certain way certainly right. makes and models have that as an
1: issue so, they used to
0: happen with my dad's cars I,
1: th- uh-huh. I don't
0: remember what variety
1: of car it was, what brand so yeah so um, I mean it's fallen off but like there's a little metal piece that is actually glued to the windshield yeah. and then you slide the mirror on it it needs like a like an allen wrench to tighten the bolt mm-hmm. and we didn't have it and like you don't realize how much you need a rear view mirror until you don't have one
0: yeah and God forbid a cop notices that's a moving violation i think the
1: the only good thing is um she had like the mirrors like has like your like directional like thing like it digitally shows like what direction you're driving, yeah. so it had a cord that like was fed underneath the roof of the car, so the mirror was hanging by a cord, so we were able to kind of like open the sunglass holder and like prop mm-hmm. the mirror on it so anyhow um. I was able to glue the the piece back. So we needed this tool because every couple months the thing would fall down. So this is another tangential story, but we might as well tell it because it's interesting. So this year, mirror was going fine. We just made it a policy of not touching it or adjusting it. We were driving together and I went over a bump and the mirror fell off again. (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me? So I grab it and the piece not only came off, but it took a chunk of the windshield with it. Oh my God, It was horrible. Like, and I used, um, I didn't use like E6000. I used some kind of glue that was very specific for mirrors because I didn't want, yeah. I don't want to use the wrong glue. Right. So, uh, long story short, we called the insurance company since we have full windshield coverage. They came out like the next day to her work and just, we got a new windshield for free.
0: Did they put the, the mirror back
1: on? Yeah, apparently. Cause, so I saved the piece with the piece of glass stuck to it. Cause it was like a. It was like a dime-sized piece of round piece of glass. And the guy said he doesn't need the piece because the the windshield comes with that piece already installed on it. Oh, um, so, yeah, so we got a brand new windshield, which actually works because um, as your car gets older, like, your windshield gets pitted just from, like, road. Yep. Now it's, like, beautiful. It's brand new and nice. So mm-hmm. that's my story about my windshield and why you should always have full... Uh, coverage for your windshield on your car. Some states require it. I think mass does. Um, Possibly. Let's... I don't know. A lot of people drive around with uh, um, yeah. horrible cracks. Um, um, so, yeah. So, tools are important. And I didn't even think of that angle when I thought of what I bring with me. Because I, I also... It's not stationary related, but I guess it's like everyday carry related. Um, I bring um, a pocket knife if I'm not flying. Yeah.
0: I usually... And, and funny... Thing I um, usually carry a pocket knife with me when I go up to Maine, and I forgot my pocket knife and multi tool, and that would have made part of the repair much easier. And um, yeah, I, I wish I'd had it with me, and unfortunately, I did not. But yeah, I think that's a that's a like necessary car thing. And one of the reasons I I initially got my weird little toolkit thing is that I used to buy, and again, here's another weird informational thing about me. I used to buy bikes on Craigslist. And one of the things that always came up was because I was driving smaller cars at the time. So like I was driving, used to be a Honda Civic and then it was a Nissan Versa and neither one of them was hatch, a hatchback. Um, I almost always needed to take off the front and back tire to get them either into the back seat or into the trunk area of the car. Um, but it's amazing how large a bike you can fit into the back seat of a car if you remove both the front and back tire. I had people tell me, There's no way you're gonna fit that bike into inside that car. You're like, Hold my beer. Right. It's gonna get in there.
1: Oh, uh, that's funny. Um
0: but yeah, so that's one of the reasons I always carried a toolkit was I never knew like if I got out to a place, if the tire or the wheels on the bike um, would have, um, the quick release or if they were going to be, uh, have nuts and bolts that I'd need to re- remove. So, and then it just became, well, this uh, clearly that my car is falling apart and I'm going to need to bolt this back on, um, use a zip tie to hold that in place. And Oh, don't forget the duct tape. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that's always part of like, my gear and i don't know what happened like i really do think my toolkit got stolen out of my car someone probably mistook it for like a cd case and Uh, and snagged it
1: back when cds were a thing
0: (laughs) back then or um chris put it into a box somewhere and thought i might know where it was
1: maybe you'll find it again
0: maybe i i have been so now that i've cleaned part of the shelves in the basement and this is part of the prednisone thing I, I started in the basement and then realized I needed something out of the garage um, but I could not find it in the garage so I had to clean the garage to find the thing that I needed um, so I still have much more of the garage to be cleaned and I suspect I will find the toolkit in there somewhere
1: that would be great
0: I digress we should, we should probably get back to our main topic right <laughs> Oh, God. This is this is like my life. I like, get on a tangent and just go on it, and it's gotten so much worse since I was on the prednisone.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's why people listen to us, because we don't just stay on the, the rails when it comes to our conversation.
0: Let's hope so, because this just I mean, goes everywhere.
1: I mean, I don't know about you, but I enjoy listening to podcasts that aren't just like here's our topic. Let's talk about the topic. Okay.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, um,
0: those tend to be the ones that I go into more. I'm trying to think more about other stationary stuff that I take with me, but I, so when I travel, if I'm driving and I'm driving a decent amount of distance, like when I go to Maine, it is a five hour drive, six hours sometimes if there's traffic. Um, although I have to say now that Maine has 70 miles per hour on the highway, goes so much faster. Um, I always queue up a ton of podcasts, usually like 10 hours or more, because I tend to if I if I decide that I don't like the topic, I will just fast forward through the whole thing. So 10 plus hours of podcasts per six hours, I might be in the car. Um, I also um, pack snacks and stuff to drink. Because I want to make as few tr- stops as possible. Um, what about you? If you're driving somewhere, do you pack snacks and podcasts?
1: Yes. So when we went to Florida two years ago, we drove. Um, and straight through, that's about to where we were going. We were going to St. Augustine. It was a little under 24 hours. Maybe it was like 20 God, that's uh, awful. 22. We did not drive straight through. I'm too old for that. Um, so I, I felt like a, a grandpa. I uh, bought on Amazon like a lumbar support and like a memory foam ass cushion. Um, and we packed all of the snacks. So um, because I don't know about you, but like I in my relationship, I like to be the driver.
0: Well, I am how do i say this i am the better driver and same same chris chris um i've been in a couple of accidents most of them due to inclement weather
1: okay um
0: or where i've been the how would you say it, the accident e rather than okay. the accident er um i've been the one who's hit although i did rear end someone once um because they didn't have their lights on. But that's a whole other story. Um, so I've, I've been in far fewer accidents that are sort of out of my control, or the all of the accidents I've been in have been out of my control. Like, I was in a snowstorm, and my car slipped off the road. And fortunately, I ended up in the middle of the field, and my car was not harmed. Whereas my partners had fender benders that were in entirely her fault but they don't tell the insurance company that um and actually prefers that i drive and when she drives i get carsick and i and never, I never get, carsick. get carsick huh
1: um
0: one of the things that we've discovered is that if there's music playing when she's driving she plays the drums on the gas pedal as she's listening to the music so like she's playing the bass line as if it's the bass drum or she's tapping her foot along with the music, but on the gas pedal. So you can follow the rhythm of the music she's listening to <laughs> by the, by this, this like subtle acceleration. And it's not even that it's that intense. It's just this really subtle, like slight acceleration. It's also really horrible on gas, but like she does a subtle, like, like, and I'm, I'm gesturing like you can see me, but like it's the car just slightly accelerates and then decelerates, accelerates and decelerates as she lifts her foot up and down on the gas pedal. And if you have any sort of tendencies towards, or you don't, like normally I can drive with anyone and I don't get car sick. The like 15 minutes into our drive with her, I'm, I feel queasy and God forbid it's over an hour.
1: Yeah. I, I don't get car sick, but I can't fully relax if I'm not the driver where Gina, if she's not the driver, she's sleeping. Um, Yeah. even if like, like we were driving the other day, we were coming from her work, which is a 25 minute drive. She fell asleep. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, she's just, she's like a baby in the car. Like she just falls asleep, which is fine, but it's also boring. So I definitely bring podcasts with me, um, You know, but I bring snacks because it keeps me awake. If I'm actively doing something, I'm able to, like, be conscious. Um, I'm fine driving to New Jersey. It's like a four hour drive if there's traffic. But when we drove to Florida, I drove three quarters of the way. um, And then she drove the rest. But yeah, like, it it just mixes things up a bit. Um, And. I can't, I cannot, I don't know how those, how people read in the car. I can't do that. Oh, yeah. Um. Also, when I was a kid, I was able to, but I was able to play like game with my Game Boy in the car. Mm -hmm. I've tried to use my Nintendo DS or my phone. I can't even do that. I get like weird. So um, listening is the only option. So yeah, podcasts are a definite must. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just binge on one or I mix it up a bit. It depends what mood I'm in. Um, you know, or what I want to listen to. Uh, I try to, when we were driving to Florida, obviously I'm not going to torture Gina, um, with video game podcasts or stationary podcasts. So we were listening to a bunch of true crime stuff. Oh, I can't do true crime. I don't, uh, yeah. I, I don't love it and it depends where my head is at. Um, sometimes I get really triggered by that stuff. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not in that headspace, like you know, I don't mind listening to it. Like she has XM satellite radio in her car and she listens to like, there's a whole radio station of true crime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People are really into that stuff. Yeah.
1: Like, so she listens to that cause she, she also listens to NPR, but like late at night, um, NPR is not exciting. So very much not. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I do the podcast. I bring snacks. Um, what else do I bring in the car? I don't know. I mean, believe it or not, bringing a blanket is important.
0: Oh yeah, we always keep a blanket in the car.
1: Right. Well, in case you get stranded, one. But also, yeah. I tend to like it colder than Gina. And while she can turn her vents off, the car is still cold. Yeah. So she'll just put a blanket over her legs, and you know. But yeah. um. But yeah, that's that's all I bring with me
0: non-stop twice down to virginia For the first time there were three of us so we and this was back when i was in college and we took my car fortunately everyone in the vehicle could drive a standard and it was okay um we have and this was back in like the mid 90s so we had a triple a trip you remember those so basically what you would do is you would call AAA if you had a friend who had AAA and my my ex did and they would – you would say I'm starting from this point and I'm driving to this point and they would then create a um, map of your trip and – it would be highlighted, lighted the whole way down, but they would print off these little chunks of maps. So it was like, it's like the size of a reporter notebook. Okay. So you could, you could put it on your dash and look at it really easily. So we, one, one person would drive, the other person would navigate while someone slept in the back seat because I had a station wagon because I was a dork. Um, and it was just, it was really, really nice. So like in the 90s, that's what you did if you were doing long distance travel, maybe even before then. And it was just sort of like it had that spiral bound binding on it. Um I had one of those kicking around from those trips in my trunk for years. I transferred it from like the Subaru into the Honda when I bought it. It just went with me. I finally threw it away. But those were awesome. It's sort of like Google Maps or like your GPS is now, but just in like a pocket sized um binder. So that was really cool. Um, but anyway, we did non-stop. And it was an 18-plus hour drive from Oregon where I went to college, down to where we were going in Virginia. And that, the first time was okay. Like, we did it no problem. It was non-stop. We just, we would stop every couple of hours and let someone else drive. The second time I did it, it was because it was just the two of us. Um, and by the end of it, we were both like, I can't I can't drive anymore. I can't keep my eyes open. We were both literally starting to fall asleep as we were driving. So we had to pull over into an office park and park under a tree. And it was brutally hot in Virginia. And we were maybe two miles away from my ex's ha- par- parents house. Uh, but we were, we had to sleep in the office park. And when, you know, someone eventually came and knocked on the window and told us we had to leave. They're like, listen, you hippies. <laughs> you, you, you can't sleep here.
1: Oh, man. All
0: right. So, um, where were we when talking about travel? Well, we were talking about triptychs and tr- long distance travel in a car. You know, I don't know about you, but have you, I mean, you did the trip to Florida. How long ago was that?
1: That was uh, two years ago. Yeah.
0: I haven't done any other than like driving to Maine, which is a five to six hour drive. I haven't done any long travel in the car since uh, probably like 10 years. Um, and that's something that like we always talk about doing, but part of the problem is, is we have stupid dogs and my – before anyone gets upset with me calling my dogs stupid, my dogs are really dumb. They are not bright dogs um, and sometimes I regret getting dogs because the idea of traveling with a dog for anything longer than six hours and sometimes the trip to Maine is a nightmare with the dogs Because one of our dogs absolutely loves the car. He gets up in the back window and watches everything and loves it and just falls asleep. The other dog is a nervous car passenger and um, usually about two hours into the drive um, pukes. So it's the idea of doing like anything more than that five to six hours in the car is kind of a nightmare for me. And I sometimes I wish we'd gotten cats.
1: Right. Although, couldn't you medicate him and give him something for nausea? Oh, I mean, I know you can. We have. But... We have. Oh, and he still He's, throws up?
0: He is so anxious by the car ride. He still throws up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. He's not a fun passenger. Although I will say, on the trip back from Maine, which, mm-hmm. which from my parents' house to about Portland was really smooth... Um And then we hit traffic and it was stop and go, stop and go, stop and go until oh. about Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Even through New Hampshire, it was really bad, which is oh. unusual. unusual. Yeah. Um So I thought by like he was fine until we hit Portland and then I was really worried he was going to puke. But he didn't. He made it the whole way home without puking. Wow. And trying to figure out what I did differently. And I think that it's the fact that. It's like a straight shot from my parents' house with really gentle curves until you uh, hit, hit Bangor and then there are only a couple of really big curves. So, it might be that it's like smooth sailing.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Anyway, anyway.
0: Um, so what else? What else do we think about when it comes to travel and stationary and and I guess in general preparedness for
1: trips? Well, I mean, for me, there's all kinds of preparedness. Um, the things I'm thinking of are not stationary related. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're yeah. relevant.
0: Well, in terms of what, like, I, like, I'm thinking about, like, the bags that I take. Like, I always take my Baron, um, not Baron Fig, my Tom Ben brain bag.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, because I can fit clothes into one section and then electronics into the other section. And then Mm -hmm. sundries into the little outer pockets and then things clip to it really well. So like I can clip a jacket to it. Um, and then I have my Ampac, uh, messenger bag that I take with me. Sometimes they take other messenger bags instead, but it's always that bag. And then a messenger to go with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mainly carry my backpack, but I do have a Tom bin. Um, is it called the cafe bag?
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um the medium or, or the cafe medium, yeah.
1: I actually got it. It was one of the first items I ever got for free for review. Oh nice. Um and I like to bring that because it's not it's not a purse <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a backpack. So, um it's it's really kind of comfy and it it's it's very small. Like it it kind of annoys me in the sense that like if I put a regular notebook in it I mean, it obviously holds that, but it sticks out above, like, the flap covers it, but it, it really fills the space. Right. Like, it doesn't sit down in the bag. Um, but it has, like, a back pocket, a zipper pocket, so it, it has enough to, to carry, you know, some small stationary stuff, or sometimes when we go places, depending upon what Jean is wearing, I become the pack mule. I don't know, <laughs> if, I don't know if you have that situation, your relationship.
0: Uh, usually, um, Chris has a purse. So sometimes she's the pack mule. Sometimes I'm the pack mule. It depends on who's carrying what.
1: Yeah. So the bag is perfect, you know, for the car keys or, uh, you know, Gina's wallet. Um, cause it's big. It's like the size of a checkbook wallet, you know, one of those. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's nice if I remember to bring it, it's hanging in my closet. It's never in my line of sight. So, um, but I do use it when I, when I have the opportunity to, it's also a good bag to use. If you're going to a place like, um, I actually used it most recently. We went to a concert, um, in Saratoga, New York and bringing a backpack is overkill. So, um, it's a nice bag because also at most concerts they do bag checks. Yeah. It's a very simple lift the flap open and close it kind of thing. Yep. So, um, so that's it, you know, between my backpack and that bag, I really don't bring any other things. Um I always have my wallet on me, the
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Galen, Galen, Galen leather wallet, which is the best wallet I've ever had in my life, actually. Um, my only gripe is the way they designed it. And I think you're the one who told me that if they change something, because like, I don't like how where the the bills go which is always empty in my case anyway but um y- it's really hard to stick an unfolded dollar bill in there yeah um and i think you oh, said yeah, it
0: needs to to gusset.
1: yes that's what you said i couldn't think of the word so um that's annoying but if i do have cash i just fold it in half and put it in one side or the other yep. um and i mainly just put receipts in there folded in half but uh i rarely carry cash because i spend it if i do
0: same same although right now i'm like hoarding some cash because i need to um buy some supplies for various and assorted things um and i'm uh, again it's fermentation um
1: you're this is what happens to me when i like something new i get like i get really i don't want to use the word obsessed i hate throwing that word around but for me, it does.
0: I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little one track minded when it comes to things. And the thing is, is that fermentation is not an entirely new thing for me. It's sort of something that I visited a long time ago and now I'm revisiting it. And, but I'm getting much more nerdy about it. Um, so anyway, I think I talked about it this last time. I'm planning on making a peach habanero hot sauce. Um, with peaches. Yeah. I made, so I've, my peaches are ripe. And so I went to the farmer's market yesterday. I was very excited. I was like, Oh, farmer's market. It's going to be great. I love the farmer's market. Um, but we had an impending thunder shower. So a lot of the farmers didn't show up, but they had the farmer's market association in my, in my city had posted pictures and information about the farmer's market and basically said this, this, but uh, there are a bunch of like different, Hot peppers. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be able to get local habaneros. How freaking awesome is that? And then I went to, uh, the farmer's market and, um, first off, not all of the farms were there. Um, secondly, um, there was one farm that had hot peppers and it was just jalapenos and it was the saddest looking unripened habanero I've ever seen in my life. Plus everything else in their stall was Uh, soft and obviously not picked recently Uh, it was very disappointing Um, so I walked away with just a few things to ferment and um, eat and not the treasure trove of tastiness I did get to try and I mentioned this earlier uh, black garlic which is a delicious thing that everyone should try it is magic Anyway, I digress on the fermentation thing, but
1: you you bring up garlic. What's the deal with the the honey garlic?
0: Ooh, honey garlic. Um, so you take garlic and you submerge it into honey. Um, fresh. Your garlic has to be fresh and very firm and nice. And what ends up happening is the honey sort of pickles it in a way, like in a sugar pickle, and it kind of ferments inside the honey, and it gets an entirely new flavor. But also the honey gets infused with garlic flavoring. So you can use the garlic itself for cooking, but you can also use the honey for savory things that need a little bit of sweet. So one of the ways I've heard of using it is on the top of things like savory muffins or savory scones. And on one video um, in It's Alive with Brad Leone, it's a Bon Appetit video series. He puts it on the crust of pizza. So the pizza crust gets really super crispy around the edges, but also has, is sweet and has a bit of garlic flavor and it's really mellow in flavor and super tasty. Um, but you can also, you know, you could put it, brush it on the top of baking bread and it would get really nice and golden brown and get a little bit in of that garlic flavor, but also honey flavor. I've also heard of it being drizzled on top of cornbread. Um,
1: so that yeah. Sounds yeah, phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it's, it's gonna be one of, depending on how it turns out for me, I am planning on using it as like Christmas gifts along with the peach habanero, um, hot sauce. So I got these super cute little four ounce bottles. And I think for Christmas, everyone's gonna get like a three pack of different fermented sauces and condiments. And depending on how this garlic comes out, like I might buy garlic from another vendor. Um, but the garlic guy was super cool. Um And pretty cheap, Um, so I might try doing a larger batch of it, and then people will get garlic honey in these cute little four-ounce bottles that look like, you know when you go to Whole Foods and they have those little juice bottles? Yes. These are miniature
1: versions of those. Oh, my God, that's adorable. <laughs> it's
0: ridiculously cute. I was very excited when I saw them on the Recycle Group, but they're brand new. Someone accidentally bought them. At a local business, and they're like, "Well, I can't return them. They've been opened. Someone take them. I have a thousand of them."
1: <laughs>
0: so, that's yeah. really cool. Anyway, anyway, um, anyhow, yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in terms of um, stationary travel. Just trying to bring it back to the main topic here, and off of fermentation.
1: Um, I'm telling you, man, you need a podcast.
0: I started a blog. It's fermentstuff.com. I wasn't going to plug it yet because it's there's only a couple of like blog posts and no pictures yet, um, but it'll get there. Um, so I'm I'm just going to mention it in the podcast. I'm not going to put it in the show notes.
1: Okay. Yet so, that's that's if people listen to us long enough, they'll get that nice little tidbit.
0: Yeah, if they if they make their way through the tangents, they will get. A nifty little tidbit of my obsessive um or somewhat obsessive. It's not really obsessive, it's one track mind uh focus on fermentation. Um anyway, I think we pretty much tapped out this topic.
1: Yeah, I I agree too. I think if we attempted to talk any further we would just be going around in circles and tangentialing even yeah, more. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We do way more tangents. So I would just like to thank everyone who follows the podcast. They either comment on our website or they're a member of the Facebook group and or the Slack – and that's not Slack. We don't do Slack um, – Spectrum Chat. Um, so anyone who, who just enjoys those things and they're kind and supportive, I – really appreciate how amazing our facebook group is it is one of the few reasons that my recycle group and erasables are the three reasons i am still on facebook if it weren't for rsvp i would consider leaving even though i love the uh, recyclable group and erasables i would you know we're just it is such an amazing group of people and the fact that we get so nerdy on topics. Like we were, uh, people were talking about the packaging on makeup and what an amazing discussion. And I love that we go so deep and so nerdy in the group. The group is very reflective, I think, of the podcast itself where we take deep dives on a variety of stuff. And sometimes we don't take deep dives, we just take tangential dives into a topic. And it's just really fun. And the group is amazing. It's a little quieter than some of the other groups. But it's amazing. So thank you to everyone in our group and who interacts with us online. I I love it. It just makes the internet a better place. And thank you everyone who participates in that activity. I just so appreciate it. Um, and if you appreciate the group or this podcast, maybe you love us, maybe you, maybe not, maybe you don't love us, maybe you just like us, that's okay too. Um, we can be friends. Um, the best way to let people you know about the show that, you know, that you're enjoying this thing is share a link to your favorite episode on your social media or just tell people, you know, I'm listening to this podcast is really cool. Uh They take nerdy deep dives on things and they're a little tangential and weird. And Leslie talks about fermentation all the time because she's, you know, one track mind. Um Just let people know you love us, why you love us and share that information. Um So thank you, everyone who does that. You can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com and spectrum.chat, plus, you know, Facebook and the usual places. You can find me, Les, at Comfortable Shoes Studio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, Twitter, and Spectrum at original LC Harper. Dade, where can the folks find you?
1: They can find me at weeklypencil.com and on facebook instagram and twitter at the weekly pencil
0: all right thank you so much i appreciate it all right i'm gonna stop that
1: and
0: give me one second because i want to make sure i just had like a panicky anxiety thing where i thought it wasn't recording
1: oh god i mean i'm recording
0: and guess what oh come on did it record elsewhere (laughs) no it didn't record
1: what? I mean, mine. Like I said, I'm recording.
0: I know I hit. Rec- I I hit on. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't record. So, um, if you can pop that into the Dropbox, I'm so glad you recorded,
1: because it didn't. The thing is, for me, I record in stereo.
0: That's fine. I can I can mix it down. It doesn't doesn't um doesn't bother anything to record in stereo.